This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today, let's speak to Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Johnny. How are you? Very well, thank you. The sun is shining. In fact, it's a little bit too hot here in the United Kingdom at the moment. We're entering yet another heat wave and what has been an incredible summer so far. Let's first start with the further repercussions from yesterday's US inflation report and how it impacted every asset class. It was a very interesting report. Of course, uh, inflation falling and NASDAQ and other markets really liked it. Very much so. I think what everyone was pretty impressed by that inflation report. It, it basically suggests that inflation might have peaked. And, and what we're noticing is there has been um, a significant um, um, slowing of, of these price increases. Um, I think what you're going to notice too is some of the more stickier parts of inflation, food, shelter, that continue to rise. But you have to remember, um, it takes a little bit more time for those um, um, metrics to come down. Um, the mortgage costs are rising. It's really denting demand, and all the housing data, con- you know, is confirming that the housing market is cooling. And and you'll probably see shelter prices come down in the in the coming months. And with food, you have to uh, still, you know, remember that. Energy prices, while they have come down, they're still elevated. And uh, transportation of food is still a big part of that inflationary outlook. So, you know, it, it, when you when you consider everything else, though, uh, haircuts are cheaper. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, used car prices, um, that's welcomed relief as well. So I think there's, there's a lot of um, optimism here that you're probably going to continue to see um, – some of these pricing pressures improve um, and that's going to help the U.S. consumer. Um, and it was such a, a slower pace of, uh, of price increases that, um, you know, Fed rate hike expectations went from, you know, pricing in 75 basis points in September to um, only um, now half a point. So, so I think you're, you're going to see that we, we do have one more labor market report, uh, one more inflation report that will probably dictate what the Fed does uh, in September. And the Fed is in a position now where um, it looks like they might be able to achieve that soft landing. Um, however, the Fed is, is going to be pushing back on this, this market expectation that, um, you know, they're, they're going to be done hiking at the end of the year and that rate cuts could be happening next year. I think that you're, you're going to see the Fed is is going to remain committed to keeping the terminal rate as high as as they can until we see uh, the funds rate um, um, fall below or CBI fall below the funds rate. So so I think you're probably right now the the market is fairly optimistic that we're not going to have runaway inflation. We're going to continue to see um, prices come down. Uh, but now it's the Fed's job to push back. So. Today, we heard from the, one of the most dovish members, uh, Neil Kashkari, and, and he said that, you know, the Fed's going to, you know, keep the rates climbing until, you know, CPI ebbs. And I, I think that's that's the proper signal. Um, I think, you know, you 
Kashkari is also anticipating that the Fed rate is, is going to be at 3.9% by year end and possibly a 4.4 by the end of next year. So that's signaling more tightening than what the market is, is pricing in. So if you have the more dovish member, you know, targeting a higher terminal rate, um, there's a little bit of a, a disconnect here with the markets. And I think that because the labor market's so strong, I think the risk of more rate hikes is still there. So, um, We'll see. We'll see what the Fed does um, over these next few policy meetings. But right now, uh, the market's pretty convinced that we're going to get 50 in September, and then at the last two meetings, it's only going to be a, a, a quarter point increase. So, um, just um, under a full percentage point is what the money markets are pricing in right now. It would seem that the Fed's adage at the moment is "no pain, no gain," and markets are trying to edge it towards a more dovish approach. We've also seen lower PPI data today and it just shows you the ebbs and flows of this market. Absolutely fascinating. It's quite turbulent. Last week we were talking about that uh, non-farm payroll number which was massive and everybody was talking about 75 basis points or even higher than that. This week we've seen the inflation report, PPI I mentioned as well. So uh, for those uh, out there who like to play with the markets, it's a fascinating time and uh, possibly a very lucrative one for people that go the right way. Yeah, I, I think the market reaction to this improving data as far as um, easing of pricing pressures uh, is completely reflected in the NASDAQ. Um, you know, the, the NASDAQ ended the bear market. <laughs> it's up over 20% and just, uh, just uh, under a couple months. And I think what you're going to see is that, you know, um, Wall Street kept saying bear market rally, bear market rally. Well, it, it, it turns out um, <laughs> uh, the stock market's been resilient and a lot of the money is still on the sidelines and, um, and and they're looking to, you know, pile on long-term positions here. I think there's, there's this belief that even if the U.S. has a recession, it's going to be a very, very mild one. Um, and, and there's still a, a lot more, you know, potential upside here now that, you're, you've seen a, a big part of the tech market, you know, the tech space that was just too frothy, that just, you know, companies that really didn't have a good outlook for ever delivering earnings um, growth. And I think you're, you're going to see that um, there's going to be a consolidation across a lot of sectors. But for the most part, you know, the, the, big, the big giants that, you know, have good product cycles, they're, they're going to really shine, I think, in these next couple of years. So I think a lot of investors, you know, there's there's some attractive opportunities here. What's complicating it is, though, the, you know, the, the global growth slowdown that we're seeing. So multinationals might struggle. Right now, it looks like the short-term outlook is, is still, though, for a very choppy market because we're data dependent and the Fed is not going to be... Um, I think changing their tune as far as rate hikes go. So I think um, you'll 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 see that a lot of you know the drop in in uh, both the CPI and PPI data is reflected on on what's happened with energy prices and and I think we have to remind ourselves that there's still I think uh, a high probability that you could see energy prices much higher during the winter. So that will really complicate what happens with inflation. So I think you know the risks of more tightening. Um, getting priced in is, 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 should be elevated. And, and that's probably going to be, um, I think, a big contributing factor here. Um, so I think, uh, you know, while 
stocks are starting to look good again. Um, you know, you might see small caps play a little bit more catch up here, um, but I think that we're we're still we're still at a a period where the, the the Fed is probably not going to really change their tune as far as raising um, interest rates. Um, and I think they welcome you know these declining prices, but we're still nowhere near. Um, levels that will will suggest that they can go on pause anytime soon so i think i think investors still need to be cautious as far as just kind of trying to ride this you know this rebound higher um and and uh, i think they should anticipate more pushback more from the fed and and i think there's there's still going to be um you know for long-term investors yes this is still probably a, an ideal time to, to to get in but um yeah i think the, the the risks are still there for for more much more tightening to get priced in it's interesting the contrast between what you're saying about the US and uh, perhaps not quite as bad a recession as everybody's saying over here in Europe and the UK. Uh, are, are we less protected from higher fuel prices, particularly gas, than you in the United States? Uh, very much so. I think the, the US is, is um, their energy situation um, has, has really, I think, helped, you know, be one of the primary reasons why the growth prospects are still so much more um, upbeat here versus abroad, and and I think you're you're going to see that um, you know the the U.S. is you know exporting massive amounts of crude, and I think that you're you're probably going to notice that there is still um, you know this depressing of of prices by the by the the U.S. and I think we have to also remember that the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is is still getting tapped and that runs out in, in just a couple months. So um, you, you're you're going to see that uh, depending on the weather, depending on the winter, depending on the war in Ukraine and and what happens with Russian energy supplies, um, we're still dependent on that. So I think um, there there's there's still a, a potentially that the oil market might, you know, you know, dip into a surplus briefly, but I think we're still at a market that is going to see severe disruptions, um, or is at risk of that. And you know, we have to also remind ourselves: normally, hurricane season, we we see production disrupted pretty pretty um, uh, at least a few times um, during hurricane season, and so far we really haven't had that much. So um, that's always um, important to keep on our on our radar. But uh, I think you know the you know oil has been getting beat up. Um, but you're, you're probably looking at an oil market that um, should be well supported, you know, if, if prices do um, stay near the, the low 90s. Staying with oil, Ed, today we've seen um, a, a bit of an ebb and flow there as well. Uh, Brent crude and WTI are up one and a half percent as we speak. Uh, Brent crude just short of $99. Uh, why is uh, the, the number going up at the moment? Because I think it was uh, lower earlier. There, there's uh, a lot of, you know, I think traders there, you know, this week, um, you know, energy traders have been, you know, trying to look at what some of the major oil organizations are saying. The I, IEA um, and OPEC Plus both came out with their outlooks and um, they were conflicting. Um, and I think that that's important for for us to to um, you know understand. I think that um, you know OPEC slashed their 2022 20, forecast for growth, 
while the IEA was a little bit more upbeat. So I think you're 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 looking at a market that is is uh, you know starting to see some signs of improving demand. Um, I think we we've had over 55 days of declining gas prices, and I think uh, you know Americans going to the pump they're they're going to see some relief this week. I think we're we're below four dollars. Uh, that is, you know, going to be uh, cheered by the the Biden administration, and and I, I think you you need to see exactly um, you know how demand improves. I think uh, you know the weekly EIA data showed gasoline demand did improve. It, it, it was surprisingly disappointing. I think for for much of the summer. I think you know this was supposed to be the the, the busy travel season where every American was you know a, a lot a lot of the country was you know has not had a, a true vacation in in a couple of years and this was going to be the time when you, you you saw lots of road trips and travel domestically or abroad and and uh, it really hasn't happened as, as much as people are anticipating some of that could be attributed to some shorting uh, staff um, shortages with the airlines um, there's other contributing factors too um, but um, overall I think you know the demand outlook is probably going to improve and for oil what's what's going to be very important to follow is you know we we've really seen um, lackluster demand from Asia um, I, when, when the Saudis are providing their prices and uh, to Asian buyers it you know Right now, it's you know they're delivering on all the the supplies that they're they're committing to, and, and normally you know, that that's kind of not what happens. So, I think that when we get to November, when when the that that National Party Congress, they're, when they're done with that and she is reelected, and then you see, um, I think there's ex wide expectations that we're going to have some type of uh, relaxing of their zero COVID strategy. Um, there is going to be a tremendous demand for for crude um, coming from China, and that that is something where the market's not really positioned for. So I think you know the you're, you're probably going to see you know oil you know have a very strong winter, and uh, you know that's going to be um, crippling for countries that are um, you know importers of oil, and and it's it's it's. I think you know there's not a lot of spare capacity, and and this is a market that yes we're starting to see more production from the U.S. and there's hope that Iran can revive that nuclear deal. Uh, I think that's still a, a little bit too optimistic right now, but um, this oil market is going to remain tight. Yes, it might dip into a surplus briefly, but I think you're, we're, we're, we should be prepared for elevated oil prices. Um, you know, six months, twelve months down the road. Finally, let's talk about crypto and uh, Bitcoin has had a bit of a resurgence in recent days and it's uh, what you might call top of range at the moment. It's been a wild time covering crypto. Um, it, the the market has been extremely you know, pessimistic. Um, even the, the more vocal supporters of, of Bitcoin and cryptos have, have uh, kind of said we're still in a bear market, we're still you know, we're probably going to retest lows, and and uh, Bitcoin has been stubborn. It's it, Bitcoin wants this crypto winter to to end, and and you know we're we're seeing it's still maintaining that correlation with equities. It's 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 really you know when when Fed rate hike expectations take a little bit of a hit and dip, 
Bitcoin is rallying. And right now, um, you know, I think uh, there there have been some days when Bitcoin, you know, typically, you know, with this correlation, uh, when stocks sell off, you know, you'd see Bitcoin have a bigger hit. Um, and then when, when stocks would rally, Bitcoin would outperform. And we're starting to get that again. So I think that, um, you know, the... The retail and institutional interest is still there. Um, you know, there's there's a, a a lot of expectations that um, you're you're you know you have a lot of retail clients. They're just sitting out, but you know they're not leaving. They they're 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 keeping their accounts. Some with Coinbase. Um, Coinbase was uh, uh, or earnings was uh, a big miss, but I think when you take a look at what they, you know, reported as far as their long-term Bitcoin holders, you know, that's accounting for roughly about 77% of the, the coin's total supply. So it looks like your hodlers, the buy and hold crypto people, they're not going away right now. And if we continue to see Bitcoin uh, stabilize here, you could really, um, you should not be surprised if, uh, um, if, if we break 25,000, you know, there's, there's, some decent resistance around 28,400, 500. Um, and, and, you know, that at that point, then um, you're, you're looking at a crypto market that, you know, has, has really uh, um, stabilized. And, and uh, I think there's, there's still a lot of optimism here on how the, the market will grow in the future. So there's probably a lot um you know, people who are paying close attention to, um, you know, BlackRock's decision to to kind of really, you know, go in on crypto, and and I think that, you know, as more institutional clients get in, um, that's going to, you know, continue to drive, um, you know, I think um, this market higher because you know there's so much selling exhaustion right now, and uh, I think you know news that BlackRock, and if we get more headlines of more companies that are uh, embracing crypto. Um, you'll, you'll probably see that's going to be um, the, the key catalyst needed because right now um, there's uh, a lot of investors here that they're they're kind of a little hesitant to go into equities. The commodity trade is is um, is definitely moderating here, and um, if crypto can have a big breakout, you know you, you could really see that move exaggerated so i think it's important to pay close attention to these ranges because the money on the sideline for crypto is is significant so it'll be it's um it's a move that if if we do push higher it's it's going to um you know you know possibly really deliver another five to ten percent move in just you know it could be in, in a day's time very interesting ed before we let you go today let's take a look at the next week or so what do we have in store? What are the highlights for you? I, I think, you know, as far as next week goes, there's uh, a, a major central bank rate decision from New Zealand. Um, I, I think, you know, a half point hike you know, has been priced in for that August 17th review. And, and right now, I think, you know, the, there's a, an argument that you could see uh, the retuning of this, you know, current hawkish stance by the RBNZ. But uh, I think, for, for the most part, you're you're, you're looking at a, a central bank that um, you know has been tightening, and I think um, this is this is a key moment for this interest rate differential. I think that um, you know as, as people anticipate the dollar might might be at a 
uh, a key turning point here. Um, um, if if uh, if the rest of the major trading partners for the U.S. are are also signaling that pivot, you know that that might not necessarily um, allow that dollar weakness um, move to to continue. So um, that's going to be a I think one of the main events um, um, for the U.S. Uh, there's there's you know a wrath of economic data. Um, we had the first look at. Um, the Empire Manufacturing reading. It's they're, they're the first regional uh, Fed regional survey that comes out. Um, that's supposed to uh, soften a little bit. Um, and then I, I think I think you know for a lot of traders though you know it's it's all about inflation and also you know jobs and uh, I think you know you're you're, you're going to see that we're going to look to see at retail sales for the U.S. You know. Are these higher prices starting to weigh on consumer spending even more so? Um, you know, it, advanced retail sales is you know barely expected to post um, a gain here, and uh, I think we're we're, we're going to see that uh, um, you know the consumer behavior is really going to dictate um, what happens with stocks. I think at least for consumer discretionary stocks, so that's going to be a a big one too. Uh, Initial jobless claims and continuing claims are also key. Uh, continuing claims has been starting to creep higher, and, and that's uh, going to be something the Fed will closely watch. Um, you know, th there's a lot of job openings, but if you start to see um, people are unable to find the right job, and that that number keeps on going higher, that could complicate um, how much more. Um, or when the Fed will break and go into rate cut mode. And this is not necessarily for, you know, something that they're considering this this quarter or even next, but, you know, much further down the road. So that's going to be a, a good one to follow. And and, and I think, uh, lastly, you know, it's a, it's a busy week for data for the UK. Um, negative uh, a negative uh, GDP reading is expected for the second quarter. That's the preliminary reading um, and on a year-over-year -year basis, they're also much slower growth, you know, going from 8.7% to 2.8. So um, it's a it's a handful of data, industrial production, manufacturing production, uh, not a surprise to you. They're also expected to to, to come down from the prior month. Um, and and uh, I, th I think you're, you're, you're going to see that, uh, you know, the, the labor market, though, it's still, I mean, the unemployment rate still going to expect it to remain at 3.8%. Um, and uh, I think a lot of investors, though, when it comes to that data next week, it's all about CPI. And, um, you know, the headline um, consensus estimate right now is for 9.9%. So um, that is high. And uh, I, I think, you know, you're probably not going to be surprised that, uh, you know, the, you know, markets are are really paying close attention to inflation data so we'll see if that comes in if we do get that 10 percent handle and uh how that will impact the the british pound okay thanks very much for joining us today we'll speak to you again soon thank you this is the oanda podcast